lights start a blink and those handcuffs click. You know who to call and you better call quick. Saul, Saul, you better call Saul. You fight for your rights when your back's to the wall. Stick it to the man, justice for all. You better call Saul. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Breaking Goodman. Season 3, we are back for the first time in a year. Yay. In a year, because it's actually yeah. been a year, yeah. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, when did the last, when did season two end? It was about this time, right? It really it was. Somewhere yeah. near here, because I, I keep getting Facebook reminders of, like, one year ago today, it's me, mm-hmm. like, promoting the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I keep getting Facebook reminders, and it's me uh, watching Bates, uh, uh, yeah, and, yeah. and talking about Bernie Sanders, oh, or yeah. Hillary Clinton, or yeah. how, what an idiot uh, Trump is and could never be president. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Oh, Facebook memories. Oh, what a year it has been. Yeah. Yes. This is Breaking Goodman. We are back. We're going to talk about the uh, uh, season two and no, talk we're about, talk about the election. three things. <laughs> and what a sad state of affairs. need a little bit more of that, sir. Have happened since. What a year it's been. Uh, please introduce yourself. Going around to the right. Uh, my name is Michael Henley. I'm Samantha Russell. And I'm Brian Craig. And I am Mike Marbeck, the host of this politically charged podcast. <laughs> uh, cool. Uh, so that's the panel. Uh, those are, we are your guides through uh, this this recap of of season season two, uh, trying to get, get you prepared for season three, which premieres on April 10th on AMC. Uh, and as Sam pointed out to me earlier, uh, and both of you have rewatched, uh, Sam and Brian, uh, have rewatched season two on Netflix. It just was released on Monday. Yeah, uh, so check that out if you you have, you have about two weeks uh, to to get caught up if you have not, and if you have not, you probably shouldn't be listening because we're gonna spoil <laughs> this shit out of it. And if you're starting your own Breaking uh, Breaking Goodman uh, podcast, yeah. you got to catch up on all of the old episodes of this show about this podcast, yeah, yeah. and then you're gonna want to cram all the last season. I'd listen. Yeah, I'd listen to people talk about <laughs> us talking about a show. Uh, cool. Oh, uh, reviews. Uh, reviews over the last year, we haven't had any. Uh, so oh. if you. Could have just uh, not even brought it up and then yeah. nobody would have <laughs> known. It's a no mail. No mail. No mail. Also, I, I oh, just, if anybody is listening, um, I was reminded while rewatching the, the last season that we had discussed local chip brands and everybody's favorite That's flavor of right. chips and no one followed up on it. That's so if anybody's right. listening, just let yeah. us know what your yeah. favorite flavor of chips is and then hear some I'll regional shut up. Chip, I want to hear some regional, regional chip brands. Yeah. 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 I just want to know the flavor that, that uh, people like. Maybe in the Newport News area of the country, <laughs> uh, maybe they have a regional chip brand that's popular there. Yeah. Yeah. I'm still a hers man. Mm, yeah. Um, yep. Um, yeah. And that's for us. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So go generic to, store brand. Go to iTunes. <laughs> yes. Shoprite's got a pretty yeah. good chip. No frills. No frills. Yeah. <laughs> but you don't really find no frills anymore. Everything no, you don't. Everything like, is a no. frill. Yeah. Everything is like America's Choice or President's Choice mm-hmm. or Market's Market Pantry or what else? <laughs> what other store brands are out there made from the uh, finest ingredients equate totally. <laughs> equate, equate yeah. chips uh, yeah so go to <laughs> iTunes and rate and review Breaking Goodman uh, the politically charged potato chip podcast <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I don't know maybe we'll do a we'll do a contest and uh, send you something uh, I'm trying to get uh, Kevin Ruth uh, who is a performer from Philly who recently moved to Chicago he started the button 
a button factory. Mm-hmm. It's like a, I don't know, if it's probably out of his living room, I don't know. Um, but he makes buttons, so maybe we'll get some Breaking Goodman buttons. I like that. Uh, that is I also, awesome. I, yeah. Button I also Goodman. Have a, I also have a button hookup. <laughs> yeah. What? You got a button hookup? I got a, I got a local contact a lot that I can button. get you as many buttons as you need. A lot, a lot of button people. <laughs> All right, uh, we got buttons covered. Uh, so, I give you the name of my button dealer. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, go to iTunes, rate and review us. Uh, also, I think we talked about it. We're, we're going to talk about the show eventually, I guess. Um, I think we Wait, talked what show about it. Uh, oh, right, right. Oh, okay. uh, um, primaries uh, from last year. Uh, I think we talked about it last year, but it was the website that I was starting to design. Uh, and it's watercooler.com. It is a thing now. It's mm-hmm. out there. Uh, Michael writes reviews for it, movie reviews. Um, all of these podcasts are now found there, fully found there. There's a while where podcasts were not available because I was moving from GoDaddy to um, a new site at HostGator, which it was a big mess. Mm-hmm. So things were unavailable. But now everything is good. Everything is clean. Occasionally mm-hmm. there's articles from Philly comedians. Uh, there is a an event calendar which has most and um, uh, a whole lot and growing list of um, whole uh, comedy shows throughout the city. Multiple theaters, multiple indie shows, a whole bunch of different different comedy types. Uh, so it's a pretty cool site, so go check this podcast out there as well as uh, anything else that might be going on at watercooler.com. All right. Better Call Saul. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Is the is the reason we're here? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and season three is coming up on April tenth. Uh, but before we get there, we want to talk about season two. Mm-hmm. Big fan. Yeah. You just rewatched. Yeah. The show is so good. You just rewatched. What are some uh, overall things uh, like like more th- big things that made me stand out in a in a rewatch for for you two of this? Uh, I was reminded. Just how good Rhea Seahorn is. Yeah. Holy moly. So good. And just, really yeah, Kim, Kim really destroyed it this yeah. season. Yeah. Where she really took took control of everything she, she wanted to. Or mm-hmm. she she wasn't like that in the first season, I feel like. I, I, she was real badass. That, um, that uh, you don't save me, I save yeah. me. Like, yeah. That's still, I think, one of my favorite lines like, yeah. ever on the show. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Anything else? Um... I think there's, in rewatching it, there was a little bit of um, seeing Chuck be even more. I don't. I, I maybe it was just the, the, the one scene um, when they go to the flashback with him and his wife, and they're cooking dinner, and they're just having a conversation about because she's a, a a violinist, I believe, yeah. mm-hmm. um, and he was talking about someone in the orchestra who was doing things that weren't following the rules and how she, you need to talk to her and tell her she can't do that because she's not going to play as well. And the, and his wife said, no, 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 she's really good. That's the thing. And it was just almost him describing sort of the Jimmy scenario that like, this person isn't following the rules. Oh, that's and, and I didn't, I don't remember if I caught it the last time and I was like, should I listen to the old podcast and try to figure out if I said this? But then like I was watching it this listen time and I'm like, oh, podcast about yeah, Goodman. yeah, that's, that's on that one. Um, but I, I just thought it was interesting that he was kind of very concerned about this person following the rules and that even like that then they had all those jokes about the lawyers and all of that stuff and at the <laughs> end she kind of went eh we'll just see how it goes like she kind of accepted the fact that maybe people don't do things a certain way and you can still get things done yeah. and Chuck still seemed like upset about it so 
I don't know. I thought that was kind mm-hmm. of interesting to see him acting the same way he's acting now in his sort of previous time. Sure. Uh, should we hit, like, the big touch points of the season, the, overar- the overarching uh, mm-hmm. themes? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chuck and Jimmy McGill are brothers. <laughs> yes. Both lawyers. Groundbreaking this season. Uh, so we really got into that whole lawyery stuff. Uh, no, we uh, we just watched the show. So uh, the the major things <laughs> this are is all we did the past two days. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's two and a half days of uh, staring at the television. I've been rushing home from other things to uh, <laughs> to make sure we watch all of it. Um, yeah, Chuck is realizing they're backstabbing each other essentially. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, but the two of them are really like they will go the lengths that the two of them yeah. go these McGill boys to screw each other over mm-hmm. is really fascinating because the yeah. the the whole thing with the uh changing of the address that Jimmy did and how long that took mm-hmm. of him copying everything and cutting it and making sure it looked perfect and then the whole thing with Chuck at the end and this elaborate setup just to get Jimmy to admit that he lied <laughs> yeah. and him taping all like putting yeah. all of that mm-hmm. this the the space blankets everywhere and then and then sending the letter of resignation and knowing that that would trigger Jimmy to come over yeah they're good chess players yeah mm-hmm. they are yeah. yeah um and that was i think you know one of the one of the things that they were really indicating was that uh, essentially chuck is kind of becoming Mm-hmm. Like a more honest version of Jimmy, basically, and he's mm-hmm. kind of learning all these lessons from his brother about how to be underhanded like that. Mm-hmm. Something that, something that um, you know, you saw in the first season too, to a lesser extent, with the whole drama about you know the when he basically was manipulating everyone behind Jimmy's back, you know, at the, right. at the old firm and everything. But it was kind of bush league stuff compared to you know the taping up the space blankets and the pretending to be you know crazy and just really buying into the. The buying into the gaslighting, basically, that uh, Jimmy did for him, mm-hmm. you know, with changing of the address, essentially, you know, buying into it to a point. So, like, Chuck's becoming a better con man because of uh, Jimmy's influence, mm-hmm. um, but a con man for the straight and narrow, which is a very, very interesting, di- like, uh, kind of a walking contradiction there. And we kind of see Kim sort of doing that, too, where she's mm-hmm. kind mm-hmm. of catching these things yeah. from Jimmy. And in... falling easily into the Giselle St. Clair uh, Yeah, <laughs> that she, yeah. she kind of, yeah, like, enjoys that, enjoys the con, and she also doesn't seem to mind looking the other way when she knows Jimmy is doing something wrong. Like, she knew that he probably did that, that change the address, and she just went along. She and... can see through... His ruses, but she was all, also helped him to encourage him to go to the copy shop mm-hmm. afterward too by saying, "Oh well, you know Chuck's really smart, so Chuck might investigate this just so you know that's the kind of person he is." You know, mm-hmm. like she encouraged him to even be a better con man in yeah, a way, yeah. Which is interesting because she was seemed very at the beginning of this season like horrified by the. Him uh, falsifies, falsifying the evidence with the uh, the, the pie the pie video, yeah, yeah. Sit and wriggle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. <laughs> you know, and um, as we're touching on on all these points, I just kind of wanted to mention that one of the things, one of the things, 
I love about this show, and I mentioned it before, is just the amount of patience that the show asks of you. Yeah. And uh, and Breaking Bad was like this too, but I think even Better Call Saul is even more like this, where in order to really hit home all these character uh, relationships and how they develop and how they change, like you'll get on Better Call Saul more than any other show on TV that I can imagine, like these very long extended scenes or these long scenes that are actually sequences that happen one after the other after the other. I'm thinking about the Giselle St. Clair scene in the first episode of the second season mm-hmm. where she comes to the pool specifically to try to you know basically try to make sense of what Jimmy's yeah. doing and before long basically she's, she's been swept along yeah. on this mm-hmm. con of his and the reason it works so well there's a lot of reasons it works so well the performances and the writing but the reason the writing works so well is it has all this space in order to just kind of unwind the way it should whereas most times on any TV show even like a really good one you'll get just like no this beat this beat this beat and at the end of the scene we have to all be at this at this point yeah. you know and sometimes I think we've all watched shows where like you can feel the gears turning and it gets very very annoying and I love but you know it goes against TV logic to have long scenes mm-hmm. um, because they're always worried about people changing the channel or people getting bored and all that kind of stuff and you never get that like anxiety um from Better Call Saul, you always have this supreme confidence that they know we're watching and that we know we're okay with just letting the scene yeah. play out. I love that so much. Yeah. Treats the audience with uh, respect. Yeah. Um, like thinking like, this scene's too long. Sure, it's great, but click. <laughs> um, no. <laughs> Stupid TV executives. Um, we didn't uh, even get into the mic yeah, storyline. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, I have uh, just a, a few quick uh, points, um, some smaller things. We'll definitely talk about, like, major major moments. Uh, but Gene, where did we leave off with Gene? We left off with Gene... Uh, Gene being... Uh, Jim Gene, the being, Cinnabon yeah, machine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, post-Breaking Bad... James McGill yeah. slash Saul Goodman slash Gene, like Gene, Cinnabon. Gene the Cinnabon machine. <laughs> uh, general manager of Cinnabon at uh, Omaha, in Omaha, Omaha Nebraska. Nebraska. Nebraska yeah. Drinking uh, rusty nails uh, in his little rented apartment. Do you think the people at Cinnabon are just like, this is the best ad like, <laughs> for us like ever? Or, or there's like a manager at Cinnabon going, come on, like, are yeah. you making fun of me? I know you're making fun there's of me. There's a manager at Cinnabon, yeah. specifically in Omaha, Nebraska, that's just like, like this show's on. about me. <laughs> My name is John, but I still get it. I see what's going on here. Uh, he was a con man. They probably got some sort of credits to hire. Um, it's about second chances. Cinnabon is all about second chances. And I, th- uh, I feel like they would only look worse if they refused to play ball, too, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. uh, we were going to go with Cinnabon, but then they refused to let us film there. Yeah. Instead, then, it's this generic chain that sells cinnamon buns. Yes. I don't know who it could be. He would have been Dippin' Dots. Sbarro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Any mall. A real New York pizza. Sbarro. <laughs> yeah, he's working at Claire's. <laughs> uh, I think he would have to just actually have dinner once at a Sbarro to actually be just as depressed as Gene. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> That's tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. So where we left off with Gene and Cinnabon was he was taking out the trash and got locked in the trash um, area. Yeah. Thing, yeah. yeah. And he th- contemplated uh, 
pushing the exit door where the alarm would have gone off and right. the police would have been called. So he sat there waiting until it's the like janitor. Hours, it was several, yeah. maybe three. Two or three hours? It was probably two, mm-hmm. two and a half hours. Yeah. You remember when we watched it this time, we thought it was, oh, I thought it was overnight. I thought it was so overnight. So it's, it's turned into, well, it wasn't as bad as I remember. Yes. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> but you are sitting with trash for two hours. Yeah. It's still. It's a pretty big room, though. It's a long time. And and so we left. The last thing we saw of Gene was the initials SG was here, scrawled into the trash room with like a um, nail, with a yeah, a screw or something, um, which is a very telling, I think, um, point that it's not JM was here; it's that SG was here. Yeah, and that was it, huh? Yep. Yeah, I don't think and it was a really long push, like to the wall. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. again, one of those scenes that if they just they know we're just gonna sit there going, "What's happening?" <laughs> uh, do you remember opening. the first season? Yeah. Was it just the opening scene with uh, with Gene as well? I believe it was. Yes, yeah, so we've the only, only had time we two saw Gene scenes. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think the, uh, we're gonna uh, probably start again with yeah, another Gene scene. Yeah, they they got a pattern out. They got yeah, they gotta do it. Yeah. Okay. Price. Okay, stress. Okay, stress. Yeah, yeah. the yo-yo man. <laughs> he, uh, I think we, we, we are, I think you're done, traveling. kind of done with him yeah, now. But he, um, yeah, he decided to meet again with Nacho, and um, but he pulled up in his obnoxious Hummer, and Mike refused to get in, and uh, so he went without Mike because he's going. Uh, you just stand there. I don't know. I, I don't need you. I pay through you the amount for three guys. I, what, I'm just wasting money now. So he meets Nacho, yeah. and he and Nacho kind of suavely pretends to enjoy his Hummer, and then says, "Hey, can I get in?" And then hands him the money. He says, "Go count this," and then finds his address, and then breaks into his house, uh, steals his money and his extra pharmaceuticals, and. And his baseball card, so of course Price calls the police, and then it turns into a whole thing, because the police know that he was hiding something, because the couch was moved in the garbage. (laughs) The hidey hole. The hidey hole. So then Mike was very concerned about the whole situation, and ended up calling Saul in to get rid of... Jimmy. uh, Jimmy in to get... But it was essentially Saul. Proto-Saul. Yeah, Yeah. it was essentially the Saul Goodman that we know and love to uh, spin the whole thing that he had (laughs) videotapes of him sitting in pies. And so he just had to make a video sitting in pies and uh, give it to the cops. Which is what set Kim off a little bit. Yes. The making the video was the falsification. Yeah, yeah she was fine with him kind of... Ev- I think even spinning the story was fine. It was the evidence part that was the issue. Okay. I feel like... I feel like I'm just putting this together in my head right now. I feel like that story, in addition with, like, the space blanket that Chuck did, you know, like, the, the whole faking the illness and everything, feel, and, and the changing the address that, that, that uh, Jimmy did... I feel like that's really the hallmark of the McGill con, whether we're talking about Jimmy or Chuck. We're talking about the thing that's so elaborate that to an outsider, you're yeah. just going like, this has got to be real because yeah. no one would ever fake yeah. this. Yeah. can't make this you up. Know? Either they don't have, either they have too, they have too Ooh, little time right or line. too much dignity, yeah. you know? Yeah, exactly. Why would you admit to this? Mm-hmm. It's got to be true. So Scott, Squat Cobbler. Squat Cobbler. <laughs> it was art. Why would someone fake this? Some yeah. art. Uh... Okay, uh, Mike is involved in this one, uh, mm-hmm. so let's talk about Mike. Uh, what were the the main points with with Mike? There was the deal with his 
was it daughter 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 in law yeah um, and moving getting her into a situation she was comfortable in and there was like <clears throat> weird stuff around that yeah. too right what yeah. was going on there um it wasn't it uh... oh. She was uh, claiming she I'll heard. To you guys. Sorry, she was claiming she heard gunshots in the middle of the night, and the neighborhood, right. the neighborhood was really bad. And then Mike one night stayed the whole night and just watched from his car. And she the next morning called him over and said, "Oh, you have to come over here. There's a gunshot. There was like a little nick in the in the cement." And mm-hmm. she said it happened at two thirteen because I woke up and I was here and you weren't, so you can't tell me that this didn't happen. Yeah. So I need to move out of here. Which seemed kind of... I didn't know if she was just nervous or she was just kind of working him in yeah. a way. Yeah, like a shakedown kind yeah. of. Yeah. I didn't read it that way. I read okay. it that she was... Just nervous? She's really overwhelmed with everything. Mm-hmm. So he first they moved into a motel... Uh, while they were waiting for a house, but then the had a pool and everything. It had a pool and everything, and the, then the Salamanca brothers mm-hmm. were uh, overlooking we're it. Watching it, we're watching right. them. Yes. Yeah, yes. watching him and his granddaughter. Oh, while the granddaughter was shot. in the pool. Yeah, they were like, yeah, we're always, and they're just like, yeah, they're doing like a gun <laughs> gun motion, and I'm like, if anyone else, no one else in this hotel sees this, because I would have called him and going, uh, there's some creepy ass looking yeah. guys standing there, just like. <laughs> Staring. There's two of the same guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, speaking of Salamancas, uh, so he gets wrapped up in the Salamanca uh, family uh, a couple different ways. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, he, I, I think it was first, and you can feel free to correct me, mm-hmm. um, he offers to get Tuco off of... Um, Nacho's plate. Yes. I guess. Yeah. Nacho asked him to kill Tuco. Yeah. Okay. And to it was which, like to which Mike replied, "There was fifty thousand. Fifty thousand. Okay." Uh, and he said, uh, "That's there's so many ways this could go wrong. How about I just make him go away? Yeah. For twenty five thousand, I don't kill anybody. Okay. So they got into a lovely fist fight, uh, where the cops were the witnesses of. Uh, an assault of an old man where right. his wallet was taken from him and a gun was hit under a car mm-hmm. with fingerprints all over it yeah. of one Tuco Salamaca. <laughs> uh, then uh, Hector Salamaca, good old Ding Ding, uh, yeah. comes into the situation <laughs> and says, uh, <laughs> and yeah. says uh, I apologize for my nephew. He gets a little out of control, but what I need you to do is say that gun was yours. Right. Because the gun puts him away for a long time, and in a simple assault, he gets out in a normal amount of it's time. like five years or something. And for your troubles, I'll give you $5,000. To which Mike said no. Yeah. And that's when the twins get involved, and uh, the, yeah. the the henchmen of Hector Salma- Salamaca uh, hide out with guns in Mike's apartment mm-hmm. on general uh, intimidation. Didn't work. Did not work. Mm-hmm. Didn't work because Mike is a Philly cop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, he took care of business. Mm-hmm. Well, he did admit that it wasn't Tuco's gun. That's what he he went to the police to yeah. say it wasn't Tuco's gun. Yeah. But I think he demanded fifty thousand dollars. Yeah. Asked or then went to the cops said it wasn't Tuco's gun, and he 
the cops kind of treated him like a cre- like an old frail man, and mm-hmm. I think he, Mike was pretty upset about it. Yeah. But uh, J- Jimmy talked, you know, talked them out of hassling him. I think he also said that he because they were saying, "Well, whose gun is it?" He goes, "I don't know. Maybe a seagull dropped it from his beak, <laughs> like so, or a bird, a bird dropped from the beak. Yeah, like who guys. knows where this gun came from? It, yeah. it could have been anyone's. Yeah. So uh, I think that kind of set Mike off a little. He took the he gave twenty five thousand dollars back, back to, to Nacho, Nacho because you're not doing the job. We had a deal. I did not live up to my end of the bargain. And then. Um, then Mike decided it was his business to take down the Salamanca family. And that's where he kind of watches those trucks where we had that one like right. really long just camera yeah. shot scene of the, the truck the, going through the costumes. The touch of evil. Uh, yeah. 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 And the... Uh, <clears throat> uh, so he watches the truck and gets all this intel, realizes that they're transporting the money in the tire wheels, and then uh, pulls out a nail... Thing he had made with his granddaughter is hose with nails. Yes, spike strip. Yeah. Uh, gets the guy hogtied, the the driver, and then uh, ends up taking the money and leaving, and just assuming that like the cops would find them, yeah. and um, they do not. The cops yeah. do not. He keeps reading the paper. He's all excited. And then uh, it turns out that a Good Samaritan had pulled over and gave the guy his phone, and then they came, killed the Good Samaritan, and buried him in the in the desert. And yeah. Mike feels awful because he's trying not to shed blood, yeah. and now all of this other, all these, har- and they said they're going to kill the, the the driver and everything. So it, all these other people are dying yeah. because Mike said he didn't want to kill someone. Yeah, very hmm. common theme in the mm-hmm. Better Call Saul yep. slash breaking is that. Uh, was that it for 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 Mike for that season? Just about. Uh, we end this the final uh, episode with him uh, holding a, a bolt action rifle uh, many yards away from the Salamaca hideout, which he got from which he got from Mr. Lawson, Jim Beaver, Jim Beaver, <laughs> the great, the great Jim Beaver. Jim Beaver. Mm-hmm. I'm always happy to see him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Did he, sh- he showed up oh, twice last year, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Jumbo uh, Jim on Twitter. <laughs> oh. um, Dude, I follow him on Facebook. Yeah, he's yeah. great on Facebook. Uh, and, and so uh, Mike is uh, lining up to shoot Hector Salamaca right. uh, long distance. Uh, he never gets a clean shot at him. And then uh, they, the twins shoot the driver. Hector goes back inside and he waits for Hector to come back out and then hears a car horn going off. Mm, right. He goes. He sees it's not their cars. So he goes to investigate, and it's his car with a uh, a stick pushed up against the uh, horn and the seat. Said don't. And there's a little mm-hmm. note on the front windshield yeah. that says don't. Yeah. And the sound in that la- that scene last scene with Mike it's is fantastic. It's amazing because it's it's they keep cutting back and forth. Like Mike's so far away that you can't hear all of the sound that's happening down with the Salamancas and then like they'll cut right back to them and you hear the driver screaming and then you cut back to Mike and you just see it from a distance and then you see the gunshot happen and then like two seconds later you hear like a pop like but it's like a distance gunshot like it traveling over and then there's this like cicadas that go real loud and then they stop mm. And then the horn, and you're just like, whoa! Like yeah. it's the, the audio the editing, editing in, in that fantastic. particular scene was just amazing. 
Uh, and the whole season, really. Well, yeah. Who did we think uh, put that sign down? Uh, I think it's Gus. Yeah, I think we, we think all it was Gus. Gus. Yeah. Yeah. And be. now with all the... like, they're, they're doing the Poyos commercials and yeah. stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, that can tie into our season three speculation. For sure. Very yeah. strongly. Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, everything else pretty much revolves around Jimmy. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um... So who's Jimmy? Who's <laughs> <laughs> so, Jimmy? So what is this show about? Uh, yeah. Uh, so he he has a roller coaster mm-hmm. throughout uh, this season once again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the thing I love about this this show is that he can't do shit that doesn't come back to haunt him. No. Uh, or others, for that matter. And I think that's kind of true for everybody on this show. Is that for every action mm-hmm. there is yeah. uh, an equal. An opposite reaction. Well, yeah, as of now, he's incapable of getting on the roller coaster by himself. You mm-hmm. know, like, mm-hmm. he's always going to bring people with him, basically, because that's, that's just the gravity that he has, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and especially Kim, I think we're all worried about Kim right yeah. now mm-hmm. like, when, and what's going to happen to her, sure. especially because she's she's neck and neck tied with Jimmy, like, everything he goes through, and it's heartbreaking because yeah. he maybe deserves what's coming to him, but she, I don't think, deserves what's nah. coming to him. Not at this point. But she's now an accessory. She is. She yeah. is, yeah. Okay, so legally, she does. Legally, she, <laughs> she does, does deserve yeah. what... And that Mesa Verde account is... Yeah. That's her career at this yeah. point. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, starting from the earlier memories of Jimmy in season uh, two, mm-hmm. going forward, uh, what do we got? <laughs> what happened? <laughs> hey, I said I'd be leaning. I said I'd be leaning on both of you. You just rewatched... Um, I'm not sure what you're asking. Uh, who is Jimmy? Yeah. Um, what's his deal? <laughs> How does he tie into the Better Call Saul narrative? Uh, <laughs> well, we, well, we started this this season with him. Um, that, that is this season with Ken, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Ken. So he gets the Ken offer. Bates, yeah. he, he he gets the offer from. Uh, Davis in Maine and turns it down because yeah. well during the offer he was like kind of talking to Kim like well are we are we gonna be together if it and she's going I don't understand what this has to do right. with you accepting this yeah. job and he kind of leaves going no, no, this isn't what I want and decides to kind of be all out Jimmy because yeah. he had just come back from uh, uh Cicero, Cicero. Yeah. and uh, so he's still kind of like on that I think that train yeah and uh, so that's when he goes to the pool and just kind of just kind of messing just messing around he's not yeah, not sure. doing anything and then Kim comes to kind of talk some sense into him and uh, while they're at the the bar just kind of talking he notices that asshole Ken from Ken wins Ken from wins. Breaking Bad and decides that this is a mark and, and just kind of brings Kim in on it. And Kim at first seems a little like, what are we doing? And then she just dove right in and loved it. And they drank that whole bottle. That of like $3,000 bottle. Yeah, it was, or whatever a fi- it was. $50, a $50 a shot. Dollars a shot. Jesus. What was it? Some rose, right? Forgot the name of it. With like what? With yeah. like a weird stopper on top. Yeah, or it's going yeah, the agave stopper. That's the one that, that uh, Gus gave to the, well, the, the cartel. In, the cartel where they he murdered every the, oh, the whole it's the same, cartel. Yeah, it's the same fake tequila. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. and it's, it's a, a golden tequila. tequila. Interestingly yeah. enough, what does yeah. that mean? Well, there's a cl- there's clear tequila and golden like oh just in color just in color because okay. when they color. had the shots, I noticed that. <laughs> I, 
I'm weird about food and stuff. That was the the funny thing is when we were rewatching it. The last episode, I remembered a reference to a roast beef sandwich, but I didn't remember how the episode ended. (laughs) And it's just sad how my mind works where I'm like, they talked about a roast beef sandwich, didn't they? So, yeah. (laughs) I guess so, but you're missing the major (laughs) point. Wait, how does the show end? (laughs) So, uh, my mind works very weird when it comes to food and drink on television shows. So, uh, yes, it's a golden tequila. But then, um, so Kim, like, is kind of really into this, and they, they kind of end it, end up staying, spending the night together after this. Yeah. And uh, Jimmy kind of wants to keep just living the life of Jimmy McGill, but with Kim. Uh, or slipping Jimmy, but with Kim. But yeah. Kim is not buying it. And I think at that point, he realizes that he's got to grow up, and he accepts the job to, at Davis and Maine. Yeah. And hates every minute of it. Every second. Yeah. Uh, he's got that intern, not intern, um, the other lawyer. Yeah, um, the assist- is, this is, is it paralegal? Paralegal? She's something. Yeah, she's, she's, oh, Aaron. 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 Yeah. Oh, he's oh, also Aaron's got Omar. Yeah, Omar is his buddy. Yeah. Aaron is his babysitter. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he's got uh, her on his butt. Um, can't she, he, you know, he doesn't want to do anything. She wants him to do everything mm-hmm. and everything by the book. Um, uh, you got... Uh, Beggs. Yeah, and mm-hmm. Beggs, Beggs Jr. Either yeah. Davis or Maine or Cliff <laughs> Davis. Cliff Davis. Cliff Davis. Uh, playing guitar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's pretty pretty calm office. Um, pretty nice. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody needs advice. I remember saying that. <laughs> Every time there's a, a someone playing a musical instrument on the show, Samantha's like, is he really playing that? I'm like... <laughs> Yes, Ed Begley is actually playing. Yeah. Yes, Michael McKean is actually playing. Probably made it. And himself. then there was the bagpipes. And then I, I was, <laughs> do you think he's really playing that? Like, <laughs> uh, what else is going on here? So, yeah, he's there. Doesn't like it. Uh, there was the. I remember the the ad. He he wants to do the. Mm-hmm. Um, he has this great idea to put uh, an ad during. Murder She Wrote. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it was right. like the first break of yeah, first break of Murder She yeah. Wrote. Yeah, um, all about uh, getting uh, screwed over by a sandpiper, yeah. right? Yes. Uh, to try and find more clients. Uh, so I remember that much. So that's nice. Um, <laughs> but beyond that, he doesn't um, ask for permission. That's oh right, yeah. no, he does not. Doesn't ask yeah. for permission. Of He's course, the the partners yeah. find out. He ends up. Getting a second chance. Yeah. Mm. Um, they believe in second chances in Davis and Maine. I believe it's he, he got two strikes on him. Right. Uh, third, yeah, third chances. Um, but Kim got the brunt of that punishment over yeah. at HHM. Yeah, they sent her to the they cornfield. They sent her to the cornfield. Doc review. Remind me, why did she get punished for because that? Because he showed it to her and she was and like, oh, this is great. And then they were like, assumed, did you know about yeah. this? And she goes, mm. like, I guess I did, but she assumed that he had. Had permission. Had, had permission because he even like kind of faked the phone call with his boss when his boss was yelling at him. Oh, yeah. And he was like, oh, yeah, great. I'll talk to you tomorrow. I'm glad you're happy with it. You know, like after he had already hung up on him. Yeah. Arguably, right. Hamlin and Chuck just being dicks because they could. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Very believable. Yeah. yeah. For sure. Yeah. Uh, Which also seemed like a really ridiculous thing because it seemed like that's what they do with this law firm. If they... They make you move completely out of your office mm-hmm. as a punishment for something. And, like, there's two times in the series so far that Kim has had to pack her stuff up out of her <laughs> yeah. office and then yeah. move back in. Like, yeah. Yeah. this Very seems, like, seems yeah. like a really big waste of time, too, that's, right? That's like, one of the things I always keep coming back to when I always, like, we're always playing this game. We were especially were in the first season where it's just, like, about Hamlin. We just couldn't quite figure him out. Where it's yeah. just like, oh, he's a, he's, he's a bastard because yeah. we're on Jimmy's side. And all of a sudden, oh, wait, maybe not. Now he and Jimmy are, and, like, Chuck's the real mastermind. 
But no, he would still, still like yeah. he's, he still yeah and his yeah. power poses yeah it's, yeah it's a lot of a lot of it is about power for him he yeah. really yeah he likes being he likes being king and he likes kind of moving his pieces around you yeah know? Mm-hmm. Uh, I've never worked in an office like that yeah and if you work in offices. I work in an office. I work in an office, but not in like a passive aggressive office. <laughs> you haven't had to pack up your stuff and just move down to the basement for a few days no. until you proved yourself. No power plays. Though. Yeah, so she ends up getting in my to office. the basement with a bunch of the younger. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. And she's uh, yeah. Sorry. No, that's right. Good. Uh, she's <laughs> like she's there like all night, like uh, just constantly yeah, working. Going, I'm going to prove myself. Yeah. And that's when Jimmy kind of impl- comes back, comes to her, and impl- implies that she should sue HHM. And she's like, I'm not going to sue them because, first of all, who would who would ever work with me? And yeah. I, I'm just not going to do that. And you know what? I will figure this out. And that's the I. You don't save me. I yeah. save me. Yeah. And then the next day, she started like hitting the ground running and calling yeah, every calls. single yeah. like yeah. company she's ever networked with at all just to try to get them to come to this law firm. And it's it's like days. We met at the ABA mixer. Yeah, I remember we. I saw you at the ABA mixer. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and that's where she gets uh, Mesa Verde. Yeah, I still remember that with visual. Paige. The visual of those um, those colored posters, right? Because she doesn't have an office yeah. at that point. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So she's using the stairwell. stairwell. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and then in the car, she's in the garage. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So she gets Mesa Verde, which is just a not just, but it's a major chain bank chain, bank, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um, but then there was something else that happened there. Like they ended up maybe going with somebody else. What was the the deal? So there? what happened oh, there? And it took it away from this. Him. Is this uh, is towards the end of the season where she decides. Uh, after Jimmy had gave, given her the offer of doing uh, Wexler and McGill, a pair of lawyers that go out on their own, she says, um, no, but how about Wexler and also McGill? Yeah. Two independent lawyers working in the same building, sharing, uh, you know, all the expenses and that, and that yeah. kind of stuff. Uh, so she hands in her resignation and then goes to uh, snipe, essentially, Mesa Verde. Yeah. And they go for it. She's she's hitting all cylinders in their little meeting. Yeah. Uh, she's answering all the questions uh, in a very Jimmy way. Uh, do you... Uh, you're, wearing a, you're wearing a tailored suit? Uh, do you want a, a suit that fits you, or do you want to fit... Do you want to fit the suit, or do you want the suit to fit you? Yeah. Essentially what she said to them. The one... The one Kevin uh, over. Kevin Mesa Verde. Mm-hmm. I feel like but they also didn't give her credit, really, even when she still was at Hamlin. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, Hamlin, Hamlin and is so cold to her. Yeah, and she, I think she was she was still in the in the cornfield for mm-hmm. a while, even yeah. after she got Mesa right. Verde. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pretty lame move. Mm-hmm. So, so uh, as we're talking about, uh, you know, Kim and uh, Jimmy joining forces, I do think we have to at least reference at some point the incredible montage of Jimmy trying to get fired. Oh yeah, uh, Davis and Maine. Oh, I, I, I just want to mention also because in the sort of in the rewatch, you see a lot like how many people are so impressed with Jimmy's job now that he's at 
Davis in Maine where yeah. people oh look oh that car oh you get no. this apartment and like apartment. the the one the DA that he was always fighting with was in just like in the bathroom he's his mind is blown going oh man I can't believe you get your own do, do you get a, a company car what kind of you know what don't even tell me I don't even tell me I can't hear it like like he just is so meanwhile he's got some vomit on yeah. him yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. and it yes. could have been one of From at least two yeah. but it, it's he's in such awe of this and everybody like thinks that that is the pinnacle of like what a lawyer is supposed to do. And Jimmy yeah. is completely unimpressed. It's the last thing he wants to do. Yeah. And I just think that's interesting. Mm-hmm. It's so many of these passive aggressive, uh, office politic sort of, mm-hmm. sort of things, uh, throughout this show. It's great. Um, and that's where we leave Kim, mm-hmm. right? At the converted dentists where yes. they are two well, they, offices. They steal, Mesa they get Mesa right back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, HHM. Yeah. It's um, it's the Mesa Verde doc- documents that yes. uh, he mm-hmm. forges, right? Like he, mm-hmm. yeah. And that's what causes Mesa Verde to jump ship to uh, uh, Wexler and McGill. Or Wexler. Or just Wexler. Wex- Wex- yeah. Wexler. Wexler, yeah. Wexler. <laughs> Wexler with Wexler. McGill yeah. nearby. Um, <laughs> and so I re- feel we leave Kim pretty much sticking up for Jimmy, but... Really, I think, you know, the implication is clear, fully aware of the complicity that she has now and the danger mm-hmm. that she's in. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, because I remember that scene, Chuck, at the, the hearing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fully prepared. Because he came a long way. We'll, t- we'll talk about yeah. him uh, in a bit. Um, came a long way from where we knew Chuck couldn't even yeah. leave the house to going into the office, mm-hmm. uh, to applause. Going through a metal detector just, at the yeah, court. Doing all that stuff. Um, and then he's there and embarrassed. Yeah. And it's yeah. not even just that he, even if the mistake is the mistake, but the way he talked to them yeah. mm-hmm. during the whole interaction, because they're going, uh, no, this is the right number. And he's like, yeah. you're wrong. No. Yes. And he's so, like, I know where I my own goddamn bank is. Yeah, like, yeah, that's yeah. what yeah. <laughs> Kevin, like, you're muddying her. the water. Yeah. 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 Like, it was just <laughs> such a, like, I think... He may have been able to talk his way out of it if he just went, oh, my God, I made a mistake. I'm yeah. sorry. But the way he talked down to them and yeah. just, like, kind of yeah. chuck them, like, the way he always kind of does. That's so good. <laughs> That's so good. Yes. Copyright me. No. Um, no. <laughs> but, you know, like, I feel like that added to the situation. Yeah. But I also feel like the they, they Kim, sorry, I, I feel like I'm, like, bleh. Go um, <laughs> So the Kim, um, when Chuck kind of gives over the paperwork and, and explains what he thinks Jimmy did, which sounds lun- like lunacy, but it's <laughs> it's actually what happened. Yes. Um, oh, he, I think Kim at that point kind of, in a way, felt like I didn't get Mesa Verde on my own. And I think that's, where, that's kind of where she is, too, that she's kind of a little annoyed that... I didn't do this. You interfered yeah. and yeah. I should have gotten this myself. This should yeah. have worked out in my favor. And now you pushed it. And now I'll never know if it was because of me or because of you. That's so interesting. I never thought about that. That links mm-hmm. directly to the, I don't save me. You don't you, save me. I save yeah, me. But Actually, he did, it's, it's a reputation she, of that yeah, in a I, way that makes her furious. I never, I didn't yeah. catch that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we kind of skipped over the montage. Oh, the so montage. So if you want to oh, talk about that, that montage. montage. Right. The montage with uh, uh, him oh, trying yeah, to get fired. Yeah, so Jimmy, yeah. uh, Jimmy McGill uh, decides he's going to tender his resignation, uh, but <laughs> his assistant Omar points out to him that he does not get that, but he has to pay that bonus back uh, unless he's there for a year. Uh, but if he gets fired, if he gets fired for cause, 
he loses the bonus. If he quits, he loses the bonus. But if he gets fired for no reason, essentially no reason, <laughs> right. uh, he gets to keep that bonus. Uh, so he driving past a uh, inflatable. an inflatable guy, okay. yeah. uh, inflatable dancing guy, he gets an idea. Yeah. <laughs> Take it away, Mike. Uh, I don't even remember at this point. Um, <laughs> I don't... <laughs> no, I'm just remembering do. details at this point. Well, he well, shows up. Pipe, right? That's the yeah, end of the bagpipe. bagpipe. Yeah. Um, he shows up for a meeting with a funeral home, I think, in a very, very, very tacky suit. I yeah. want to say he went like original oh, right. kings of comedy. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah it was like yes. a pink suit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. very uh, <laughs> garish, flamboyant suit. Begs just gives him a great look. Yeah. Just like... <laughs> uh, then he doubles down on the gr- on being green in the office. Yes, like, by. <laughs> Somebody's been using the bathroom, and we're not talking number one. <laughs> and they have not been flushing. That's, that's I don't want to know who it is. Uh, it was me. I just said I don't, I, know, I I don't know. know who it is. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, he was pushing all the buttons. Then uh, I think the bagpipe was the was the bagpipe the final straw. It might have been I the bagpipe. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So mimicking uh, Cliff Davis. Uh, Unwinding with uh, some su- sweet, sweet uh, acoustic yeah. guitar in his office, yeah. uh, Jimmy McGill uh, buys a uh, pawn shop um, bagpipe and starts wailing away at it like a dying cat in his office. <laughs> and that's when he gets called into uh, Cliff Davis's office, who says, "I, I get you what you're trying to yeah. do." You, yeah. uh, and what I'm, not you, a, I'm not an idiot. What, if, what did, have I ever done to make you right. feel like you don't belong here? <laughs> like, the best part of that. It's just, it's just fascinating. <laughs> what, did, what did I do to you? Yeah, yeah why is this happening? Uh, it's uh, so good. <laughs> what else uh, went on with... Marco was all last uh, first season stuff, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yep, that was okay. the season finale of yeah. the first yeah. season. All right. Uh, so what else was going on with, uh, with Jimmy this season? There was some flashbacks. We got to see his dad's Mom, store. His dad's store. Right. And then uh, his... This yeah, we got chips. Yeah, yeah that's where we got the chips uh, yeah. com- uh, oh, right. conversation yeah. from. Yeah. But uh, his dad was known uh, around the town as just kind of like this... The sucker. The sucker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So people would come in and then they'd tell these elaborate Hard stories. Ass, and he stories. would give them 10 bucks and then like... Right. So he... Jimmy witnessed a, a guy doing this and like he even called his dad over going this is a scam don't give him money and he did anyway mm-hmm. and then well, what if you're wrong yeah and then he goes in the back to get him spark plugs because part of his story was that his car wasn't starting or something or whatever so, spark plugs are yeah. for <laughs> he gave the guy 10 bucks and went to go get some spark plugs and then the guy buys two ca- two case cartons. cartons of cigarettes from Jimmy and $8. with a ton of money in his pocket, the guy clearly had money and just was just coming in to scam him. And uh, Jimmy just pockets the money because he realizes it doesn't matter. Like if well, the guy said to him, uh, "Oh right, uh, there's two people in this world. There's sheep and there's yeah. wolves. You got to figure out if you're a sheep or a wolf." Hmm. And so at that point, he decided. Well, he put the money in the register at first, and then his dad came out and said, "Oh, where'd the guy go? I got the, these spark plugs." Oh, hey guy! Hold up, guy! Uh, and then, and then Jimmy took the eight dollars back out of the uh, till and put it in his pocket. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he knew who he was at that point. <clears throat> Slipping. Yeah, and then yeah. we also saw the flashback of I had mentioned it before. Uh, Jimmy having dinner with Chuck and his wife, Rebecca. Yeah. Rebecca, yeah, yeah. and that like Jimmy kind of won over Rebecca, even though Chuck like. 
kept going, oh, I'm so sorry. I can't believe he has to be here. You know, you, yeah. don't, you don't have to like him, but, like, she did like him. And mm-hmm. I think that really got in his craw. Yeah. I think that's when I started talking too much about what about Bob. <laughs> yeah. You can never yeah. talk too yeah. much about what about Bob. Very what about Bob scene. Um, and this season, or this season being season two, was that also with dealing with the mom? Yes. This okay. is where we saw the mother in the hospital. This was the cruel um, cut that they kind of did. Where the, the last, the second to last episode, we just see Chuck like falling and hitting his head. Mm. And like, that's All it. Right. And then the the beginning of this episode starts in a hospital. And you just see Jimmy kind of sitting. And somebody's like, oh, Father, so-and-so is in the chapel. Would you like oh, me to God, call him? And then he's like, no, I'm all right. And then the nurse moves away. And then you see Chuck sitting next to him. And they're like with their mother. And I'm just like, that's so <laughs> that's mean. A cool that's, that's so a cool mean. That's so mean. But, uh, <laughs> cleverly mean, like, yeah. really cleverly mean, but, but, uh, yeah, so that it was like his, her, she was in the hospital for a few days and then Jimmy's, they're, they're reminiscing about a surprise party that Jimmy had planned for her, her his mom. And he's talking very fondly of it. And where he invited two girls who didn't like each other. Well, well I mean, yeah. I think he invited two dates. Oh, two dates. I thought it was two, just two women who didn't like each other. That's possible. I, I, <laughs> either way, they ended up. He like he thought it was funny, but Chuck was like, "Oh, this ruined the party." Yeah. And uh, so, so we, go, he goes to get those uh, sandwiches. He goes to get those roast beef <laughs> like, sandwiches. I feel like Chuck's parties get ruined a lot. Let's yeah, I, I bet. Yeah. yeah, but uh, so. Yeah, he he goes to get the the roast beef sandwiches that I remember, and uh, no tomato, an Italian on the side, <laughs> and <laughs> he while Jimmy's gone, his the mother kind of just comes to a little bit and says Jimmy a couple of times and then dies. Jimmy, yeah, yeah. and it that again sticks in Chuck's yeah. craw, and uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, and uh, with Chuck. I'm sorry, Mike. No, I was just about to say, and then Jimmy comes back, and he tells her nothing. He tells He's, her nothing. Oh, right yeah, yet. he says his mom's Did she say anything? Yeah. yeah. No. Yeah. yeah. Ugh, just let out breath. Um, Chuck hits his head at the copy place, mm-hmm. yeah. because this is after the court incident, right? Yeah. Um, where yeah. he believes, he, he kind of just says exactly what, what exactly happened. Exactly what Jimmy did. Um, and drives to the, the copy place. Um, and that's where Kim, I think it said, Chuck's going to investigate this or something. Yeah. So yeah. That then Jimmy hightails it to the copy place and tries to buy off the doofus behind the counter. Um, uh, and that's where he just kind of freaks out, right? Yeah, has that moment hits himself in the head because well they sent her he sent Ernesto first or he sent Ernie first mm-hmm. right and Ernie showed him the picture of Jimmy and he said yes he was here so then he went to go back and get Chuck and Jimmy, Jimmy came in paid the guy off which I also here. noticed that um, almost all the redheads on the show are doofuses <laughs> I don't know huh. I should be offended or not huh. but uh, this guy was also a redhead like the twins in the first mm-hmm. season and uh, the skater doofuses mm-hmm. yeah the skater doofuses <laughs> interesting yeah. <laughs> So, uh, and, and that's how, like, Jimmy gets to talk to the guy to pay right. him off. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Lance. His name's Lance. Lance. Lance, Lance yeah. the Doofus. Lance the Doofus. Uh, so, what else happened with, uh, with Jimmy here? Uh, they have the, the, he's, Chuck is embarrassed in court. Uh, they get Mesa Verde, uh, and then there's the whole space blanket house. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Faraday cage. The Faraday cage. Um, he, he wants to be protected. Uh, and he pushes Jimmy to 
um, confess everything. Uh, and then the slow reveal of the microphone, um, not microphone, so like a tape, tape recorder, tape recorder. Like an old, that's yeah, the other tape thing. Yeah. Um, recording, recording this. Yeah. yeah. And that's it. Yeah. That's season three. Mm. Two. Mm-hmm. Season two. Uh, Set the stage for season three, though. For sure. Mm. Which is good. Uh, any other thoughts about season two? What about colors? Anything in the rewatch uh, the that, that colors, may have jumped out? Uh, nothing jumped out that wasn't... I feel like they weren't as... Um, I think they... It was sort of different in season one. I feel like they kind of... I don't know. They, it, it wasn't they knew as... that everybody knew, I think, yeah. by season two. Mm, sure. Does that make sense? Yeah. They didn't double down on yeah. it. Yeah. But the colors were very consistent with the red being, you know, somebody doing something kind of against the law and the yellow being the yeah. downtrodden and the blue being the, uh, like, law. law-abiding. Yeah. Does, yes. does that connect you... at all to their thoughts about redheads? That's what I think. Mm. That and see now I would like to talk to Vince Gilligan about this. Yeah. Well, so we'll have him on. Later. <laughs> uh, be careful what you wish for. <laughs> yeah, probably won't get it. <laughs> uh, what about? Uh, it's just going to be Bob Odenkirk. It's just, it's just what <laughs> yeah. a oh, man. So it. disappointing. Yeah. Uh, God about, damn it! What about you two? Any any overall season two thoughts? Uh, I. Brian, you go first. You no. said more uh, I, Man, such a good show. I can't mm-hmm. wait. Mm-hmm. I'm very excited for season three. This is probably my favorite show on television. Yeah. Yeah. It's so well written. Wonderful characters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I can't wait. Yeah. Uh, I Yeah, I agree. And obviously I've, I'm a little bit rustier with my season two, uh, season two foo, uh, since I um, only saw it over Christmas time, basically, or rewatched it over Christmas time. But just talking about it just now is being a really fresh reminder of how good the show is. Yeah, it is. Um, and I'm getting all these images flashed in my head mm-hmm. as we're recapping it, which uh, is such a mark of what a visually striking right. show really? it is. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, you know, it's weird how, like, you know, it just kind of drifts away from my memory now that we're in hiatus. As soon as minute one happens in season three, I'm just being like, oh, right, this is my favorite show. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, as soon as we see that first Omaha, Nebraska, Cinnabon, Mall mm-hmm. gene scene, mm-hmm. um, we're back in. Uh, season three, just some quick news things. This isn't really spoilery. Uh, I, it shouldn't be. But Fring is back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, which was the... The letter. What was the deal with that? It was like the letters of the episodes. Of the episode names. Oh, right, right. I yeah. About that. The, yeah, the first. I think it was the first letters of the. I forgot yeah. about that. Yeah. The first letters of the episode titles, uh, and then somebody went back, and it was bring is back. Wasn't that like something they did in Breaking Bad, like as well, like. Uh, was it the second season? The one where they keep cutting to like the the oh. airplane, like the airplane crash, mm. like it was something like like mm. the letters, but only in those episodes. It was like one of those weird puzzles that like it only kind of sort of kind of worked. <laughs> yeah, basically. And after it was over, the writers were basically just like, yeah, it only kind of like sort of kind of worked. So this is yeah. the, like their second stab at it, trying to be show offy. Yeah. So Fring is back. Mm-hmm. Uh, really, really looking forward to it. We've gotten Ken wins. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've gotten Mike. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, we have Jimmy. Mm-hmm. Uh, who else from this world has popped back Is up? Is the realtor the same realtor? I she don't remember. I, I don't remember the realtor from Breaking Bad. But okay. we've got nobody else that's going to play seemingly the role, the the, the weight, 
the the meat of uh, of a season like it seems Gus is being set up to. Um, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Everybody else is just kind of bits here and there. Yeah. Uh, outside of Mike and Jimmy. Um, yeah. But this is the yeah. biggest character it seems to come in with uh, an equal. Wait. Mm-hmm. Well, there's, yeah, ding, there's ding. Hector. Yeah, yeah Hector, yeah, Hector yeah, was true. exciting yeah. to come in. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's that really the villains that's true. Yeah. are the ones yeah. that are making big mm-hmm. uh, so footprints. This is spoilery. Oh, oh, yeah, we saw Crazy Eight Crazy in this Eight's season too, bit. just right. very briefly. Yeah. And he was very meek. This is going to be spoilery if you haven't watched Breaking Bad. And again, I'm leaning on you three here. But please remind me in Breaking Bad how. Uh, oh, he was called Ding Ding because it had a bell. Oh. oh. <laughs> oh okay. Cool. Um, and that's the sound that makes it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> All right, well, let's... Go ahead, yeah, yeah, yeah. let, Let's start at the beginning. Okay, so Breaking Bad is the story of Walter White. Yeah. Uh, uh, as we join him, he's having being served breakfast. Okay. And, um, so, <laughs> with uh, Gus, how is, how is he connected to Jimmy and... Um, I mean, we're, we're going to see some in of these Breaking things. Bad. Well, yeah. he um, yeah. Mike knew Gus, okay. and Jimmy knew Mike because he said, "I have a guy who knows a guy." Okay, and you know, like, but he yeah. he, he didn't really have contact. I don't think with they Gus. I think he was aware that who it was, but he didn't really have contact. It was just that Mike had contact with this guy who was selling meth. Okay, okay. So we don't necessarily know the the backstory of why they knew each other. So it looks like we're going to no, find Yeah, it. I think we're going to find that. Gonna I find, think it yeah, didn't no. even matter in Breaking Bad. No, no. Just like, well, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. That makes yeah. a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, God damn, this show is such a great prequel to all of this stuff. Yeah. Well, that's like, that's the thing that like, you know, obviously I think, you know, Gus is arguably like the biggest like Breaking Bad presence we're going to have on this show. And mm-hmm. I'd be curious how much they use him. Mm-hmm. If only because like this show has earned our trust, I think. Yeah. You always want to be careful when you're doing a prequel yeah. with, you don't want those elements to just be in there because, well, you know, it was on Breaking Bad. So like, I love all the little touches they're doing. They're doing so far. Like you were just mentioning, it's possible that the realtor is the same. All these little mm-hmm. bit parts that are showing mm-hmm. up that are the same. Mm-hmm. Cause yes, that makes sense within the rules of this universe. Now it makes sense for Gus to show up as well. But, you know, I'm not worried about this because the show is so good. But, like, always what you want to do is, like, you never want to – you never want the references to get too wink-wink. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Um, And this show is so good at avoiding that trap. You know, that's why I never want to see yeah. – um, I, I never want to see Walt on this show, like, at all. Oh, no, it wouldn't make any sense. No, it yeah. wouldn't. Yeah, there, any sense. There was also a scene – this was in the first season because we watched the whole thing – uh, when the Kettlemans like fake their kidnapping, back. When they fake their kidnapping, there was a rug that was like up against the side that looked like like it yeah. looked like it was the a nod uh, to Ted, to Ted, Ted Benicky. <laughs> like there, there's just those those little what things. Does, where you're like, oh. what does Jimmy say when he, he busts into? The oh, table? here's Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> great. Uh, Kettlemans were so good. They oh, were Kettlemans. Uh, uh, so yeah, I mean, the show is such a, a great prequel uh, in that it stands alone. Like yes. it truly does stand alone. Yes. Like we've said many times, mm-hmm. and we'll say it again: you don't need to have watched Breaking Bad to enjoy this show. Yeah. But mm-hmm. if you've watched Breaking Bad, you get every you, you yeah. get so much more mm-hmm. out of this yeah. show. Uh, whereas there are some prequels that are done where they kind of rely on you knowing yeah. things mm-hmm. that technically in that world. You don't. You shouldn't know already. Yeah. You, can, you um, can get a sex toilet uh, scene and not know anything about Aaron. Uh, Aaron Paul. You don't need a Jesse Pickman to uh, enjoy a sex toilet scene. Uh, speaking of Aaron Paul, there was rumors that he was going to pop up. 
I feel hmm. like his character okay. popping up makes more sense. It makes than more Walt. sense. Yeah, yeah. Just because he's kind of you know a scumbag. Slightly. Yeah. I think. But he I also is. I think it was. I feel like it was more of like I would love to be on this show. Yeah. But also, we saw Crazy Eight. Driver. We, you know, like, and, and he knew where. Like, he kind of knew Tuco. Like, uh, <laughs> Skinny Pete knows Tuco, and mm-hmm. yeah. that kind of like it. It would make sense that they would end up in a circle. Sure. So, like, somewhere yeah. in this sort of universe. Hmm. Is, can I ask? Oh, sorry. Can I ask a practical question though? And does anybody know the answer? How old is Aaron Paul? I think he's a. About, like he's early thirties, mid thirties. Okay, because in the first episode of Breaking Bad, he's basically playing eighteen, right? No, I think he's like twenty in his twenties. Yeah, oh, I'm sorry, because because Walt teaches college. No, no, no he teaches high school. school. Teaches high school. Oh, he's Jesse's a former. A former te- yeah, I need to rewatch former, Breaking Bad. Yeah, he's yeah, a former here. student. Okay, but like, so okay, so he's like early twenties and yeah. everything. But like, for Better Call Saul, which takes place a couple years before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Would that even? Yeah, yeah, that's a thing you're running into with all of these yeah. characters too. Yeah, aging happens. I'm sure, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and and that's yeah. the thing that I, I I'm looking forward to seeing uh, in season three more of uh, bad Michael McKean hair coloring and, <laughs> and face tightening uh, flashbacks. <laughs> Yeah, I do enjoy the flashbacks. Just, just yeah. darkening up his eyebrows and then, and then turning the light real low. Yeah, and, and we're suddenly yeah, everything's and very blue. In, in yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. All the flashbacks are always shot like very blue. Yeah. And, like for a while, there, I was like, "Oh, what an interesting directorial choice." Yeah. Oh. And like the makeup people are just like, "Uh, yeah, directorial choice, sure." Yeah, <laughs> yeah just okay. turn this just uh, iris yeah. down. Yeah. There we go. Sign the tape. Do you think I'm pulling the tape? Do you think they buy it? I don't know. There was also. A uh, and I don't know if you, uh, I don't know if you've seen this, but <laughs> but in uh, South by Southwest they did a uh, Pollos Hermanos. Oh, we did. Yes. Yeah. 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 Though I heard uh, they weren't actually selling any chicken; they were just selling curly fries. That's dumb. I mean, yeah, I right. I, I, I didn't actually, actually go in there and not eat it. I didn't read any articles. I just read headlines. But I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I understood it to, to mean they were that only was like, selling what curly would that fries. Be? Fritas Hermanos. Yeah, Hermanos. no one's gonna learn Spanish that way. That makes no yeah. sense. Is that potato uh, like um, fries? Pop, pop, fritas. Papa fritas. Papa fritas. Papa fritas. Papa fritas. Yes. Yeah. Cool. How do you say curly? <laughs> oh man. <clears throat> I don't. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Any? Uh, what are you looking forward to on season three? Just watching it. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. It's such a good show. Yeah. Well, we're back April tenth, uh, which means that on April eleventh. We'll be back here talking about the uh, the premiere episode. Um, so check us out. Uh, follow us uh, on uh, on on Twitter at SRM Podcast uh, and uh, f- subscribe on iTunes. Breaking Goodman. Uh, but before we get out of here, let's do uh, some some plugs. Uh, Michael, yes. What do you got? Well, I'm writing for uh, Watercooler.com, uh, mm-hmm. writing movie mm-hmm. reviews uh, as uh, as much as I can. Um, that's the biggest thing going on in my life right now. But uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Michael J Henley, uh, where I talk about uh, probably a lot of politics right yeah, now. Yeah. But um, you know that that's that's a thing. But also like movie and pop culture stuff as well. Mm-hmm. So like that stuff's fun. Cool. Uh, Secret Pants will be in the Philly Sketch Fest nice. on April twentieth, eight thirty. It's at the uh, playground at the Adrian Theater. And I will also plug the Secret Pants show on April twentieth. And uh, also part of the Philly Sketch Fest, Swedish, nice. my other sketch group, will be performing on Sunday, the 23rd of April at Underground Arts. Cool. Excellent. Uh, so go see all four nights of the thing. 
Yeah, Philly Sketchfest. Check it out. Uh, and that's a 2030 Sansom in Philadelphia, uh, inside the Playground Theater, inside the Adrian, inside your minds. Um, for the first two nights. For the There's first two nights, nights yeah. Saturday is the Ruba Club. Oh, right, yeah. Which is on Green Street. And then uh, Sunday is Underground Arts, which is, I don't know where that is. Cool. Uh, underground. <laughs> it's underground. <laughs> A lot of great stuff to see there. Check it out. Uh, as for me, this is Mike. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter, at Mike Marbach. Uh, you can see this podcast and and more. We just added a, a podcast to, uh, I guess it's a network now, uh, the Whitaker Word Podcast Network, uh, and that is uh, Should Have Gone Home with Robin Cartledge and Sean Sullivan, which is stories about kind of drinking nights where you just maybe drank too much and you probably shouldn't have done that and probably should have gone home. <laughs> uh, so you can check that out. Uh, if you're in the Philly area, you can see me perform tomorrow in Michigas with Kristen Shear, tomorrow being... Wednesday, March 29th, uh, and then I have some other shows coming up with uh, David Danella, uh, who you may know from Starkrave and Mad, or pretty much any of the other podcasts that I've that I've done. Uh, also, if you are in the Philadelphia area and you're interested in acting, improvising, sketch writing, uh, or stand-up, uh, you can take classes at the Philly Improv Theater, Fit Comedy. Go to fitcomedy.com. Classes are on sale right now, 199 bucks, and get this. Uh, Act right now, uh, and you can get a uh, fit water bottle uh, if you enroll before August 9th. So you save 50 bucks and you get the uh, the water bottle uh, for free. Um, and you get a free pass to see a lot of the shows that uh, that we do at the, at the theater uh, involving people here, which is pretty awesome. All right, uh, that's all I got. Do you have any other quick final thoughts? Um, if he stuck around through the plugs, uh, I want to say, hey, Pat O'Keefe, we miss, we miss yes. you. Yes, Pat yeah, Mento. Yeah. <laughs> all right, see you soon. Bye.